welcome to the Indie Film Review. My name is Dan, a.k.a. Bob and Williams, because I'm not as good as Robin Williams, but I... Jared, how are you today? <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> hey, Dan, I'm doing so good. I'm doing so good. You know why I'm doing good? Because you didn't do a shitty impression of Robin Williams and embarrass no, yourself no, right no, now? No, 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 no. Oh. It's because I'm a brand ambassador. Oh, you know what? Oh. I am too. Ooh, yeah. Dan, how does it feel to be an ambassador? I think it feels amazing. Has it changed your life? Um, yeah, actually. It actually has increased my social media habits. Like it 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 put <laughs> it put a pressure on me that I did not really want at first, but then as I started tweeting more and putting things on Instagram, I'm like, huh, I can kinda enjoy this. Oh, and I started I can do this. I started commenting on different things on Instagram and I, I started like really engaging with people on Twitter. I'm like, this is social media and I am an anti-social person. So, so being a brand ambassador really, it really brought me out of my shell, I think. Absolutely. And you're like a turtle of a man. I am. So <laughs> to get your little head to poke out of that, that hole is quite an accomplishment. Yes. Uh, we're talking about the DCIFF <laughs> film festival, which is the, DC Independent Film Forum Festival that's been going on for 60,000 years. It's super <laughs> fucking cool. You should check it out. If you go to DCIFF-Indie.org, let's do that again. If you go to DCIFF-Indie.org, you can go and check out all the films that we're going to talk about. And uh, I believe the festival is over now. If, um, hold on, Jared, I have to. You can still get the, the movie streaming. Go I ahead. I have to ask. If it's yes. been around for 60,000 years, shouldn't it be called yeah. the BCIF? <laughs> oh! Oh, 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 oh! Get it? Oh. Get it? Dude. It's old. Dude. <laughs> Joke of the year. Joke of the year, buddy. <laughs> Being a brand ambassador has taken you to another level. I feel like you were, like, here, and now you're here. That's right. So, uh, we watched a movie. Um, yeah, we did. Really quickly, I'm going to do another plug of a film that I watched during this film festival because I just got to talk about it. Um, it was a short documentary. It was 40 minutes long. It was called The Bears on Pine Ridge, and it was mm -hmm. really sad. It was about um, the Oglala Sioux tribe of America. They, they've experienced a 300% increase of suicides among the people of their tribe. Oh, my God. And it's about this one lady who is part of the tribe who is doing everything she can to stop it and it, it it was so sad and she 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 makes this bear program essentially where she takes kids who are suicide survivors and they just go and they dance everywhere in big stupid costumes like big stupid mascot <laughs> costumes and that's all they fucking do and then they share their stories afterwards so they share it with these little kids of the oglala sioux tribe and that she's hoping that this positive message is going to spread but it's so hard to listen to there's survivor stories. It was it was a really sad documentary, but I definitely recommend it. Check out the Bears on Pine Ridge. Interesting. Yeah. Um. There's there's definitely some films we probably won't be able to cover that we saw, but we won't be able to cover on the podcast. One I'll talk about briefly is uh hashtag Princess Problems. Oh, it is I a to short film one. by uh, Maritza Gomez. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. I apologize if I'm not. It is about a a college student is making a documentary about 
this woman who dresses up as Disney princesses and goes around and entertains little kids. We start kind of learning about the the like sadness and the weirdness of doing that mm. and like how stressful and tough that job is. Because you're interacting with a lot of people and it's like you're interacting with terrible parents who don't care about their kids mm-hmm. and there's such a gambit of it and then the whole idea of like are are these princesses good role models is what she's doing helping good or not yeah. like is it necessary anymore and i think the film does a good job of not taking one explicit side or another mm-hmm. i think it does a good job of showing both sides really well and um i liked it a lot i thought it was really good everything about it was solid a really interesting piece, something I don't normally think about that much of like, well, same thing know, with uh, like actors who have to pretend to be Aquaman. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But like the same thing with the, the Bears on Pine Ridge. It's like Native Americans or the indigenous people of America. Like what? They are an ostracized group. Like they've always been ostracized. And it just it's so it's so insane to just hear what they have to say. And it. Oh, no. Absolutely. Without further ado, though, we got to get into the big one that we're talking about this this week, and that is, it's a Chinese film called um, Sons of Happiness. Yes. I have to say, Jared, I, we talked a little bit about it off air. I'm very excited to talk about this. This is this is my best of fest. Um, it was incredible. Yeah. It was an incredible yeah. movie. This might be the best film I've seen all year, and I know I keep saying that every I episode. See, I say but... that, too, because Falling was really fucking good. <laughs> but this is beating all of those. It, yeah. This film beats all the rest of the films that I've seen. It, it really, like, it's really good. <laughs> it's so So good. if you like um, Bong Joon-ho, this gave me strong mm-hmm. parasite. These are these are the big keywords I think people will be able to pick up on. It's lower key than Bong Joon-ho. Like, Bong Joon-ho, like, has very grandiose narratives. This was just a tiny narrative, and it... Oh my god, it just it's I'm trying to get people in, into this yeah, right. <laughs> but I see what you mean. So The Sons of Happiness was directed by Peng Shin Gang. Shin Gang. Uh Peng Shin Gang. And it's it's so good. This film is wonderful. I mean, let's get into the questions immediately. Dan I mean, let's talk about the low keyness of this movie in comparison to these Parasite films. So, so what makes this movie more low-key than, say, Parasite? It's not a put-upon narrative, if that makes sense. Like, it, 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 when Parasite, you have the narrative involves somebody who's been hiding under somebody's house. Like, that would never fucking happen. But in a movie, it would, you know? So it's yeah, like, yeah. it's weird. I see but this one is, it's like, it's a very realistic problem. It's a very realistic conflict. And that's what I mean by low-key. It's like, it's something that everybody can derive just by watching the narrative with Bong Joon-ho films you can derive universal values in them but you can't necessarily identify with the narrative because it would never happen to you gotcha wow that was really well said and also yes I do understand that this is a Chinese film and Bong Joon-ho's movies are Korean okay <laughs> I'm just I'm trying to make a comparison here but I get they're totally different countries. But no, like the the feeling of the conflict and the feeling of like the nastiness definitely Bong Joon-ho. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very Park Chan like just like there's something about conflict and and the human condition in East Asian countries because Chinese I've watched so many Chinese films, I've watched so many Japanese films and Korean films and they all like they have a knack for drama and it's really really mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, I got a guy at work that talks all the, all the time about how him and his wife only watch Korean dramas and they love them. <laughs> I got a friend that does that too. Yeah, he's like, 
<laughs> they're just obsessed with it. So there's, there's got to be something right they're doing over there. Anyways, shot-wise in this movie, and the way this film was constructed is masterful. Like, I don't know what the budget was for this, but... It had to be small. There's so many, like, wide shots that are so well done. So many, like, really fun tracking shots to where you're almost, you're not even sure, like, okay, where are we going? Where are we going? And then we get to the payoff of those tracking shots. You're like, that was amazing. Or, like, there's a scene where, uh, I know we're not in spoilers. Dang it. There, well, there's a scene where there's, like, just a character in the fore, or in the background, mm. walking with a red um, umbrella, mm. coming up oh a hill. My God. So she's in frame, she oh. goes down, and then comes back up. And the whole time, there's another character sitting on the top of the hill waiting for her to get there. Just this, like, simple little scene, and it was masterful. Well, okay. Man. That's the other thing, too. Like, there's there's so much mundane ideas in this film. Like, for maybe 20% of the film, we're talking about buying real estate in, in mainland China. And I'm fucking interested in it. Like, yeah, why? I'm on the edge of my seat. <laughs> <laughs> why am I interested in buying real estate in China? It's, it's the crazy. It's the cinematography. It's it's the director and the editing. All of that coming together to make simple scenes seem so engaging. Mm-hmm. And I like. I also like the. Um, there seems to be like a like a yin and yang kind of like one part of the family really wants this uh, pregnancy to happen, and the other part By of the, the family, way, guys. <laughs> Oh yeah, have we even said we what the, even the said freaking what the thing of this about. movie's about? Dan, it's your job to do that. What the hell? Uh, I, I, we're just so ready to gush over the film, we just forgot it, or I just forgot it. Anyway, so the film is okay. It's called Sons of Happiness, and it's about this guy who um, is not rich. He's not able to like have a family, but he ends up getting a girl pregnant, and he wants to terminate the pregnancy, and she says that if she gets one more termination because she's got a termination from a different guy before um then she's not going to be able to conceive again and she ends up saying that i want to keep the baby but the issue becomes his family is poor and her mom does not want to be part of a poor family yes because whenever you marry each other in china like you kind of start living in the same house like all the old people come and start taking care of the kids while you go and be your salary people they will stop at nothing to have this child. Mm-hmm. Like, they want it to happen so bad. They are willing to go through any lengths that they can to get money, to make it work, to figure it out. Then you have the other side of the family, the rich people who do not want it to happen at all costs. They're trying to stop it. So you have, like, the mom on one side who's like, no. And then the dad on the other side of the family is saying yes. And I love that mm-hmm. dynamic of so the So basically all the conflict happens just it's it's low-key conflict because it's never explicit like the 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 mother and the father from either side of the family they're never at each other's throats the conflict all goes through the anxiety that the son is feeling yeah well it's the proxy of the son and uh the two main characters who are who had this pregnancy they are just stuck in the middle of this war that's happening around them none of them have any control over what's going on and no one ever stops to ask them like Okay, well, do these two characters even love each other? Mm -hmm. What is the foundation of what having a child together with someone even means? Because they're thinking of the financial aspect and they're not thinking about the other aspect that would actually make this work. Because I think that's the whole point of this movie. It is the whole point. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor. As long as you love someone, you can make it work. But that was never there for them. And, like, that ties into how the ending is, like, ambiguous, but mm-hmm. amazing. One of my favorite endings ever. God damn, the ending is so good. We'll and it's it. in, 
this is not a happy ending, and it's, man, this movie is top-notch, top-shelf, top-tier. Uh, okay, ask me a question, Dan. For um, How did you like the fucking architecture that we got to see? Oh, location shots were amazing. It was incredible. Like, just seeing the way they build buildings in China is a lot different than I've come become accustomed to in, in America. Mm-hmm. Like, they will build the entire structure with cement, and then you go into the structure and say, okay, I think that this wall would look good with this color, and um, we could put this here. And so you just, you see these amazing big concrete buildings of apartments that have nothing in them, and it's just these people who are just saying, yeah, let's let's get this. This looks nice. It's like, what the fuck? Like, I, it, it blew my mind how they actually function over there. And that's, maybe that's why I was so fascinated by like buying real estate in China because that's it works so much more differently than I'm used to. Well, they even take like very simple things like a man looking through a gate. Mm-hmm. Uh, this director is so good at like taking mundane things, like we said, mm-hmm. and making them visually interesting to look at. And just like you're peering through the gate at someone else. Now you're almost like being a weird like voyeur. Yeah. Kind of like watching someone else. We're already pretty far in. We should start spoiling. If you want to watch this, go to the DCIFF uh, slash indie.org. We are going to be paying attention to this as well. Um, so, like, whenever this finishes the festival circuits and they start releasing it, like, I'm going to try to reach out to... I'm going to try to reach out to the filmmakers or whoever's distributing it because I, I want to know when this gets distributed because I want to watch it again. Yeah, hell yeah. So, there's one scene I really want to talk about. Because <laughs> I kept, I almost spoiled it like three times already, but here, okay, we're in spoilers, whatever. So the dad, he will stop at nothing to help his son. He feels obligated to help him, to give him the money that he needs to raise a family because he never had that, even though he has nothing. So he gets a job at a construction site. He's already, his brother is really rich. Mm-hmm. So he's already signed a contract with his brother saying, you owe me money, blah, blah, blah. His brother's actually very helpful. Then his brother gets him a job at the construction place. He's working there. He's not making enough money. Then we have this, he's, he's outside and he's smoking. And then he gets up and we have this long tracking shot of him walking slowly back into the warehouse, back into work. And it was the only time where I was like, okay, what are we doing right now? What are we doing, movie? Where the movie's kind of losing me. But the payoff for this mm-hmm. was amazing because there's no dialogue and you know exactly what's going on. Dude. You're like, oh, as soon as he, he's going to hurt himself on purpose. Okay, so there was that long tracking shot. And as soon as he, as soon as the tracking shot did not stop whenever he entered the factory, I'm like, he's about to fucking cut his finger off. I knew it. You know immediately what's going to happen just through the visuals. And I'm like, I'm this is so well done. No, it's okay. It blew my freaking mind. And then when you look at the poster of this film, he has the hurt hand. Mm. And that's all I can think about is that amazing shot. I'm like, oh, man, it was so good. There was another one. There, so that that shot gets mirrored again. I think it's whenever um, the woman, the one who's pregnant, um, she's getting shown a house by a, a different suitor who is more rich. And there's another behind the head shot of her just walking through the apartment with him. And that was really well done, too. Well, that was her, like, settling and being like, well, I guess this is my fate. Yeah. She's, like, assigning herself to destiny of, like, ah, I guess I'll never really find love. I guess I'll just marry this rich guy because my mom wants me to. Man, that was sad. So even sad with this stuff. insurance fraud scam that he gets away with, they still don't have enough fucking money. 
they're, yeah, they are just pouring money into this. And then the rich mom is sabotaging them by making all the expenses go through the mm-hmm. roof by saying like, oh, I only want the best for my daughter, knowing that she's not paying for any of it. And she refuses to pay. And you're like, ooh, this bitch. Mm. Is there another scene you want to talk about? Yeah. The climax and then the ending. <laughs> yeah, the climax was spectacular. The climax, again, the cli- both the climax and ending, probably one of the best climaxes I've seen in a while. And definitely one of my favorite endings I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. So climax is they finally all have a dinner together. Because the, the rich mom has been a bitch this entire time and doesn't want to... She she says she even says I'm not trying to be rude but she's fucking trying to be rude. <laughs> she's yeah. terrible. Anyway, they all get together at the uncle loans a abandoned house that he has. An abandoned house. Yeah, he has an abandoned house and he loans that to the father and mother who come to visit from northern China. And um, <laughs> they're all sitting around eating outside and basically prior to this the son he's he spends so that whole afternoon waiting for the daughter and her mother to show up and he gets drunk so by dinner time he's super fucking wasted and they're having a you know they're trying to have a conversation but it's really small talky and awkward and he basically i forgot what triggers it but the son just stands up he's like has anybody even considered that i don't even love this girl i have a girlfriend like, and he just fucking flies off the handle and his mom's like, shut up, just, you're too drunk. And he's still, he's trying to drink more and he's like, ah, and he's like, you're embarrassing me. And then the, the rich mom is like, I might be bad, but you're fucking terrible. Like, this is awful. And she's like, you're a terrible person. Stop saying what you're saying. You're terrible. And he won't shut yeah. the fuck up. And his dad is just silent throughout the entire thing. It was so, it, it, it was, it was intense. oh, it was nasty. It was a nasty scene, but I loved it so much. Boy, it was incredibly intense. I mean, I think the girl at one point that he had the that he was going to have the kid with, I think she passes out. Mm-hmm. Like, does she have a miscarriage or do they just go and um, uh, get an abortion? She has an abortion. Oof, boy. That was the scene that you're talking about where um, it was that really wide shot of somebody. With, she, she has a red umbrella because it's hot outside and she's walking up to it. And as soon as she gets there, the payoff is, well, I had the abortion. Mm hmm. And he's like, do you hate me? And oh, it's so rough. Okay, we'll talk about the ending. So the ending. <laughs> um, throughout the whole film, he he's a salary man who is working at a job. And his boss apparently tricks them to invest into the company. And he's the only one that does it. Dude, hold on. Every time, every time we cut to his company, his boss is always saying like, leave, you shouldn't work here anymore. Like, yeah. this company is going terrible. Everything is wrong. Like, he just keeps talking about like go go find a job somewhere else <laughs> during their meetings okay go ahead yeah, so it's funny basically the bo- boss tricks the main character into um investing in company shares and he steals all those and runs away but he mm-hmm. gets caught and essentially the character he says i essentially won the lottery because he he got uh, a bunch of money in the legal suit so at the very end of the movie He's in this really nice fucking Cadillac or whatever kind of car it is. Mm-hmm. And the dad's like, wait, how did you afford this? He's like, oh, let's just say I won the lottery. He's like, but this is a really nice car. How much money did you get? Like, they caught mm-hmm. the boss and everything. He's like, yeah, what, what, what of it? So they keep saying, um, we're going to be late for the bus. So the, he gets him to the bus station and he's starting to take um, their stuff out. And the mom's like, come on, we're going to be late. We're going to miss the bus. 
And then the son's like, hurry, hurry, hurry. That's all you ever say. Doesn't anybody just take time to slow life down a little bit? And then the dad looks at his son. He's like, what? He's like, what? He's like, I said the same exact thing to my dad whenever I was your age. And I'm like, oh, that was that was awesome. And then oh, we we get this amazing <laughs> it's they're all walking towards the camera and the camera is uh, handheld walking backwards. So it starts off in, in, in regular time, but then it goes into slow motion. And we see that they're looking off screen. They're like, where's the bus? Where's the bus? Where's the bus? And it just slows down and slows down and slows down to a freeze frame and they never get on the bus. Oh my God. It, it gave me, it gave me fucking graduate vibes. Yeah. Oh, it was, you know what I like too? Beautiful. Is that the sun was getting slower. Like yeah. he was getting further and further away yeah. from his parents. Oh my God. And it's, it's, the whole message of the film is it's a film that's trying to question the status quo of China. I think mm -hmm. what are we doing in our culture that like familial wise, because it, there was a big commentary on families and economic standings of families. And should we even be considering that? Or should we start to consider feelings, which is something that we're, we're not doing this for the good of the Chinese people. We're doing it because we're wanting to be selfish for the first time in our lives. And I feel like that dichotomy is really, um, it, it really spoke to me on a lot of different levels, even though I'm not part of that that culture and i i'm not i haven't grown up in that yeah. culture it's universal yeah. because even though even if he had money because they they both didn't love each other it would have never worked out and this kid would have been raised in a terrible place mm -hmm. full of no love surrounded by money that still wouldn't have helped and and they proved that during the film so i it's just amazing it's so good how subtle this movie is but how like hard hitting mm -hmm. the film can be with just the simplest of ideas and shots. It's just so good. Uh, you describing that final scene was like giving me goosebumps. It's, I was like, oh, it's so me good. Me too. It's such a good <laughs> I scene. I was thinking, it, thinking about it again. It's so good. Because like like I said, it's, it's important to get that line of dialogue in there whenever he's like, hurry up, that's all you ever think about. And the dad's like, I said that too. And then... Just watching the dad look off screen for the bus and just keep slowing can, down. Can we say the dad? The dad is like my favorite character, the MVP, best yes, actor 100%. in the film. The dad is so is good. Wonderful. The dad is fantastic in this movie. He's just out. Of, I mean, everyone does an amazing job mm -hmm. for sure. Well, because like he gets he he gets all of the good scenes. I think, except whenever it comes to the the blow up at the end, that was oh man. Yeah, that was really well done. Um, okay, do you have any... Uh, let's see, do we have any other final stuff? One of my favorite scenes about? in the film was... They're, they're, trying to find, they're trying to find an apartment to buy, and they finally found a deal. And they get to the deal, and they're like, where, where is this? Like, and they ask a construction worker, he's like, can you tell us where Happy Place apartments are? And he's like, you might want to go across the way over there. And they end up calling the woman who owns the, the or like the representative, the realtor. And they're like, yeah, uh, we're trying to find Happy Place Apartments. She's like, oh, I'll be right there. And she takes them to an empty field. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Ridiculous. And then she sells them on it and then they buy an empty field. Oh, my God. It was hilarious. She's like, yeah, development. There's going to be a community center here. It's going to be perfect for a little kid. It's like. When? Like, by the time the kid's fucking grown up, you, everything's them, gonna yeah, be there. Selling them on nothing. It was so insane. It was at just ridiculous. 
<laughs> so good. Uh, there's one line I liked a lot. I wrote it down where uh, the mom is talking to her daughter because she's trying to convince her to not um, have this kid and marry this guy. And she's like, if all men are jerks, at least you should marry a rich man. She must have been saying that to her her entire life because she does eventually settle for that guy mm -hmm. who's just kind of like, you know, whatever. Because at the end, she ends up getting involved with and marrying a man that she has no attraction to or love for at all. But because and her, it's like a family thing. Like, I have to do this what I also really because like he has money. Is it, it shows it shows something really strange because we get to know a little bit more about that man whenever. So she's going through an apartment, like she's shop apartment shopping with him. And she's like, listen, I have to tell you something. I have a pregnancy from a ex-boyfriend. And then he's like, oh, that's fine. I have a grown kid from another woman. Do you care about that? Mm -hmm. So that just tells you that like these people are, it's, it's not uncommon for this issue of love and, and happiness in terms of, um, you know, things not working out and just marrying for the money only. Yeah. I, I think that can equate to like, well, in America, how the ideal of what's the word? It's like the, the ideal family, I guess. Nucleic family. Yeah. The, the nuclear family. Yes. So that, that works really well with the idea of like the nuclear family nuclear. in America. Nuclear. Am I saying it weird? <laughs> you saying like George Bush. Nuclear. Nuclear. Well, nuclear. Nuclear. All right. All right. All right. Dan. Ballbuster. Okay. Maybe I won't correct you next time, and then you can get ridiculed on Twitter. You know what, Dan? <laughs> I want you to correct me, and I want you to bust my balls, because I like it. Uh, all right. That's the end of the show. Is it? Thank oh, you guys man. for listening. What? Is there something else you want to talk I about? I just really like this movie. <laughs> I know, this movie's so good. Go watch it. Oh my god. Wide Shot City. I loved all the wide shots. I think I've already said this, but... Mm. Cinematography? Very nice. Uh, Dan, give me some plugs. Yes, yeah, so you can find us on Twitter at IndieFilmPod. You can find us on Instagram at IndieFilmReviewPod. You can email us at TheIndieFilmReview at gmail.com. Dates, dates, and links. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can find other podcasts like ours that are similar or different at thenecropodicon.com. That is like Necronomicon, but you put a pod in there, like podcasting. Do you get it? Do you get it? Do you get it? And uh, at thenecropodicon.com, <laughs> there's a link uh, at the very top where you can click on it to join our Discord and come talk to us. We have... um. TTRPGs, we have uh, podcasts uh, about movies, we got podcasts about, you know, reading short stories, we got improv stuff. There's lots of really fun stuff on there, you know? And I think I think you're gonna you're gonna like it. We're always growing, we're always showing. Always. So why why don't you get on get in on this, baby? And uh Dan, you have the final you word. You know, if you would have told me they were titty RPGs, maybe I would have gone <laughs> to one more. Dude, fucking titty RPGs, dude. Hey, Emily. Yeah, what's up? Do you like, uh, you like horror podcasts? Have you listened to Shivers? No. <laughs> I oh. mean, yeah. Oh. <laughs>
Well, uh, if you like movies, you can check out Bad Rad Movies or Itty Film. <laughs> Itty, <laughs> Itty Film Review? Precisely. How do you reel about mo- Oh, sorry. I can't read. Ah, yes. <laughs> movies do have reels. There's other ne- uh, songs- shows. <laughs> hey, Erica. Yes? How do you feel about role-playing games? I love them. <laughs> have you listened to- Role-playing guys. You like gunpowder, trees, and no plot? There's no trees. No trees or plot. Because <laughs> they're on the high seas. Ah! They don't got trees. Find all these great shows on the Necropodicon Network. And now Harley's gonna take it away. Take it away, Harley. Necropodicon. Hard to pronounce. Easy to listen. I'm not gonna actually smack, smack you. me. Smack me. Oh, that's good. <laughs>